Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody. I want to welcome you to this week's group call for tactical sovereignty. This is the May Chuck discussion group call. Uh, this is beginning of May 2019. How time flies. Oh, my gosh. Uh, anyway, I said I'd leave it open for chat once I started recording up for a few minutes before we start getting into the meat of any topic. And uh, so anybody that wants to chit-chat, feel free to go ahead. I'm just doing that because with the new platform, uh, they don't allow that really until the recording starts. Is a little inconvenient, but oh well. Anybody had anything they want to bring up or discuss? Feel free to do so. Although, like I said, it looked like everybody on the board pretty much was in the view-only mode. you're on a phone, I know you can click the big blue button, and that brings you in over internet. That gives you both viewing, listening, participation, everything, so. Well, Rude, yeah, if you want to bring that up, feel free to bring it up. Are you able to chat? Or, I mean, are you able to talk, or... Communicate on the chat board. Okay. I'll wait for you to call in. They want to talk about the 5G rollout. I think it's kind of interesting that a couple countries are not allowing 5G. Probably tell people something. I don't think myself with the way internet is now, as things stand, that there's much of a need for it. Download speeds are fairly fast. Everything works more than adequately as things stand. The only thing the 5G will do is it's going to be able to pinpoint people and things like that a whole lot easier because they're not just going to be one big tower in town or anything like that. Towers basically are going to be panels that you'll see every 500 feet or something like that because they really can't go that far. And, yep, it's going to be through your routers as well. A lot of people's routers are now doing 5G.
Yeah, but just think the way things are today, really, if they want to find somebody, like with a cell phone, for instance, they kind of triangulate them with the different cell phone towers. And that can give them kind of a general idea or an area where somebody is at. But got them set up with these panels that, you know, are set up every, you know, three, four, five hundred feet. Yeah, they're going to be able to pinpoint things a lot easier. Got to remember those things don't just receive, they can send as well. It's not good. There's, I, I believe, uh, what is it? I think in China, even with the way things are now, um, that they have a special garment that pregnant women wear to protect a baby from Wi-Fi. And the cell phones in Israel even come with a big warning label on them. So, there's other countries that are at least appearing to try and protect their people a little more than you see in other countries. So that, that should at least tell you that there is some concern about it. There should be some worry about it. Of course, we're not going to hear about that here the same way as the uh, situation with the vaccines go, you know. Instead, you've got pediatricians on TV trying to say, you know, and they've got their own YouTube channels, you know, trying to promote um, vaccines. And these are actually a good thing and stuff like that. When They know difference. They know very different from it. And so it's not going to be any different between that and uh, with the promotions for 5G and what they're willing to come out and tell people about and fess up to or not fess up to, rather. Well, anyway, I had things left open, so if anybody want to chat or anything for the first few minutes. Uh, I started the recording, I think, right at 9. And we've been on for about 7 minutes now, so... Give it a couple more minutes, and then we'll get into the main call. Like I've said before, these calls are much better, actually. People come in in a participation mode. That's what these calls are really for. Not to listen to me. I get tired of listening to my own voice. <laughs> I've got to listen to it in my head all day. Last thing I want to do is come on here and do it. Although I do have some pretty interesting topics with myself sometimes, I must say. Anyway. I missed that in the chat. Let me go back and check and see what that was. You ever feel like that girlfriend that said she preferred to be a slave? You know, more than she gave off. No, not really. I don't think she did. I think she, uh, like most people, was just scared of the truth. Didn't really want to know the truth. Because there's a funny thing about the truth. You know, and it's written in scripture, but I think it's written in people's heart as well is that when you know the truth, uh, you now hold a level of responsibility as well. And it all comes down to what you do with that responsibility that you now hold for the truths that you've come across. And 
people today, the majority of them can't handle responsibility. It's something people don't like. I mean, I, I, there's situations myself even, I'll admit that I don't like it. Well, it different things I may be involved with, I, I don't want the responsibility for handling different things. But, you know, you've got to buck up and take care of it and do it, you know, whether you like to or not. But I think that's really one of the things that frighten people when it comes to really learning truths is they know that there's a responsibility attached to it. And I think that's one of the reasons why you'll hear a lot of people talk about different things and they'll call them fear porn. Fear porn, okay, why are they calling it fear porn? I think maybe the ones being afraid are the ones that are learning things and they're in fear because now they've got some knowledge that they may have responsibility for and that puts a fear in them and they don't like holding that fear, that fear of that responsibility that they have now. You know, I guess, you know, most people, you know, if you were to tell them that they're going to be walking Michael down Jackson. the road and get How are you doing? Most people, if you told them they're going to be walking down the road and got hit by a car, they don't want to see the car coming. You know, <laughs> they just rather get hit. They don't want you to point it out or anything like that if something's going to happen. You know, unless they could avoid it, of course, but. Anyway, what's going on, Michael Joseph? How are you doing? Oh, hi, I'm doing well. Oh, hi, I'm I just doing uh, well. came to your call tonight. Uh, call tonight uh, I saw I David saw Parker was on the call the other night. The other night. Oh, it's kind of weird. I'm, I'm getting a weird. feedback I'm loop through, feedback my speaker. through my speaker. Uh, let me move away, see if that helps. Yeah, it probably will. I'm on headphones yeah. on this end, so I don't have anything feeding back. Yeah, I'm on headphones yeah, I'm here. That's <laughs> kind of strange because I speak, and then there's a second delay, and then I can hear myself speaking. Yeah, that's oh, Jesus, going to drop. drop. Oh, yeah, I was appreciating uh, the call um, last week because David Parker... And I, I used to give free seminars over here in Raleigh. And uh, David lived in Benson, which is about a half hour away. We used to talk quite a bit back in the days when he was involved with Arthur Alexander with the FDA. Um, anyway. Yeah, Arthur Alexander. Yeah, Arthur Alexander was a character. <laughs> He still uh, he reaches still out to me today. He wants me to yeah, help him uh, uh, perfect a tort claim perfect for tort claim. something like a, uh, like a, a thousand trillion. Uh, you know. know. <laughs> he wants to file it he in the United States District Court. States. He wants me to help him write it. And I, well, things that they're uh, over twenty trillion dollars in debt right now, plus unfunded liabilities. I'm not sure uh, what he would be getting back out from that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, ultimately, ultimately Arthur, understands Arthur understands that a state, that state constitutes as a man, and that the man that who the, man the men who form the, the state are the state, and the government that the is government created that out of that body of is that sort of the help me. That's the Adam help and Eve story, you know. Story. Right. And, uh, 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 so he understands the sovereign body and the uh, and the survey associated with that. And I, I, I found it kind of humorous that he would want to come back in through saving the suitors 
uh, you know, holding out his sovereignty uh, in the state. That they were you know, it just seems like to me that, you know, once you have that claim, you go enjoy that, you know. Forgive us. Forgive our debts as we forgive those. Yeah, leave, leave in peace and stay in peace. Why do you want to come back? Well, I think well, that... Uh, there, there's room for the um, the friction. I think the friction. Your audio just dropped on my end here. Yeah, the friction and the conflict seems to be the one thing everybody kind of has the hardest time letting go of, because that's what everything is set up on. Everything is set up. I think that's, I think that's what I was going to bring up tonight, and it's a system of duality, and that friction is the other side of the duality. But we're brought up with it, you know, and it exists all through our life. You know, you're competing in school, you're competing at your workplace. You got you got out of the workplace night and you go home and you watch sports on TV, which is here you're watching conflict, you know, one side competing against another. And that, that's all people know is the conflict. But anyway, okay, I guess I'll get into the main part of my thing here tonight. Um, those few, your audio dumped off, so... Um, I'm going to just go and mute everybody out to start what I was going to do. And when I'm done, I'll just unmute everybody again. And if you come back in, then that'll work. Uh, so let me do a couple things on the board here. Still shows that you're on here, Michael. Um, Right. Presentation mode on. Only moderators can be heard. Oh, yeah, I'm the only one that has a control of the board here. So I just now actually muted everybody. I hadn't muted you. Nobody else can either. That I know of, I'm the only one that has the board. So, anyway, I'll just get into um, the main part is what I want to discuss tonight, which is something that really should be obvious to people, but it, to me, maybe it's so obvious that people don't realize it. And the first thing that we need to realize really is whether we're learning things, say, in Sunday school, you're learning things in grade school, high school learning things in college, what you're learning is all information that the system wants you to have that will empower you to help them, to help the system out. And that the history that you're being taught, that history is a history that's been written by the victors of that history. It's not written by um, a neutral third party or anybody who would like to say, for instance, observe the Revolutionary War go on, for instance. 
or anything like that. It's strictly being written by those who want it and because they're giving you their side and their view of what happened and why it happened and people need to realize that so that when we're learning things whether historical or whatever that we keep that in the back of our mind and try and possibly see you know what the other side may have been going through and what really might have been happening and when it comes down to it, we have to realize all these things that, that are set up, they're, they're really just concepts. And, and concepts are, are based on, really, our perception of it. So there's going to be a lot of different viewpoints on different things. Because everybody's uh, perception is different. And your perceptions are based on what you experience. And so since there's so many different people who have had so many different experiences, think of all the different perceptions that there's going to be regarding whatever we're looking at or whatever that's happening. And it is different people, you know, through their experiences, it, there's just various scenarios that everybody has dealt with. So now you can also go and throw into that mix, you know, the idea that now what if those concepts that have been uh, provided to us, what if they've been provided to us falsely or under false pretenses, you know? That we have to realize that what's really been provided to the people has been provided for someone else's protection. They're not going to tell you things that could harm them. And, you know, and also it's going to be kind of done uh, under the premise of that's being provided to us in such a way that it's for our protection, you know which is kind of a narcissistic way of looking at things, but that's the way this duality system uh, works. And we always have to keep in mind, you know, who has a vested interest in the other side of this duality? Because there's always a couple different things at least going on at once, not just the one thing that is given to us in the concept or in the perception. So that's something we always have to pay attention to, you know, Who's making out off from this? Who, who's benefiting off from this? You know, what, what's really the true purpose? I mean, I think a lot of people experience this as kids. You know, if you say, for instance, we're in a family where you get spanked. When we kind of see that situation, because, you know, the parent will tell you, oh, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. It's like, and you're confused as a kid. You're like, what the hell are you talking about? It's going to hurt me, you know, hurt you more than it hurts me. But it, that, that's kind of showing you right there that you know, there's two sides to things happening. And there, there's a duality going on. And that continues on with us all through life. Um, whether it's from, say, you know, you're at a middle school, um, preschool, high school, and go on to college. What's being done there? Is, is everything that's being done there being done for our benefit? Or is there a duality at work here? Is there another side that, that's benefiting? It's like with our work or with our job. You know, and we just think about going, we got to make money, we got bills to pay, this and that. You don't think about the duality system because there's, on the flip side, many other entities that are profiting off from your labor other than yourself, which a lot of us are really coming to learn. And, you know, talking about work uh, reminds me of something that I thought up, oh, probably eight or nine months ago. It just, for some reason, I was thinking about it, it popped in my head. 
And what, what I was thinking about really was the word worship. And, you know, what gods, if, if you're a god of it, you're all supreme, da-da-da, one, why would you have a need to be jealous? And number two, why would you have a need for worship? And when I thought about that word worship, I, I thought of the word work and workshop. And actually, I came across a research, researcher here a couple months ago that it was really funny. And he brought up that he got into etymology and was studying worship. And he was like, that really originates from the word workshop. Because that's really what a lot of these churches at that time, which is when I say that time, several thousand years ago, that's what they really were. They were more of a workshop for the Lord or for the king. And I'm not going to get into really what they were doing and stuff like that on this call. But so there's a correlation right there between the two. <clears throat> so when we're going to work and we're working for this and we're working for that. Are we actually kind of in commerce worshiping something and not even realizing that that's what we're doing? That we're paying homage to another entity and don't even realize it. Um, I learned here right after the first of the year a really good lesson myself because I decided that I was going to define to those entities what my work was and where that energy was going towards and who it was for and who it was for not. And, uh, that night, I learned a pretty big lesson about that, which most people probably know already. But anyway, when you and when you're looking at work, you know, I've heard a lot of uh, parents talk to their like growing kids and things like that, and talk about you know the things that they did for them growing up, and you know, I sacrificed for you. I I was working 60, 70 hours a week. I gave, I sacrificed this for you. I sacrificed that for you. And I'm thinking, wow, so the work and the labor and going, getting a job and trying to make money to take care of the family and things like that. Yeah, you kind of look at that as a sacrifice as well, which is a spiritual term also. So it's like when you start winding these things together, it's like, wow, some of this sort of makes sense. There's maybe more going on here than we realize. So, like I guess we've got to pay attention to who's benefiting. Look at the duality. Look at the other side of what's really happening here. Um, when we're getting married, you know, the bride and the groom are just thinking about themselves. But they don't realize that there's another entity that's going to be benefiting off this also. And people realize that, unfortunately, later on. And the same with having children. There's somebody else that's, that's you know, another entity that's benefiting off this. Um uh, Purchasing a vehicle. People are starting to learn that, guess what? You've got legal title, but you don't have equitable. And an equitable title holder is the one receiving the benefits. They're the ones getting the money for you using it every year through registration, titling, licensing, et cetera, et cetera. It might not be a whole bunch that be getting uh, taken off you, but you look around you and you see all of the vehicles that are on the road and how many people are involved in that. And yeah, that adds up really quick, you know. Just give me a few pennies here and there. That's all they care about. And it's the same thing with looking at really the, the true purpose behind everything in our life. You know, like I said, not whether it, it's just getting married or having kids, working, but, you know, the news, watching the news. You know, who's benefiting there? 
you know, I think for the last year, people have been sitting there glued to catching the news every night. And all they've ever heard is about some dossier and some conspiracy. And they've never learned anything really new from one week to the next. But for some reason, that's keeping their mind wrapped around something totally different. So there's another purpose there. There's something else going on. And the same thing with sports. Now, there's an interesting video that's called uh, You're in Idolatry and Don't Know It. I recommend people check that out. It's a pretty interesting video about sports. We need to look at these purposes. You know, what, uh, somebody brought up 5G. Yeah, okay. Look into 5G. Who's going to be benefiting off this? Who's going to be prospering off from the 5G rollout? Is it really going to be you? Are you going to be benefiting that much that if you download something half a second faster? Yeah, I don't really think that's the case, not for the amount of money that's costing to put that out. What's the purpose behind your foods that you're being given? Um, saw an interesting interview a few days ago, and a guy was talking about, um, it wasn't gluten, word similar to gluten, it's more the scientific term, but it's created when uh, a product like wheat is GMO modified. And it really creates this poison, and that poison can harm you in many different ways. You know, so oh, who's be benefiting off that? Who's be benefiting off you being harmed? Um, Vladimir Putin, actually in Russia, he's outlawed a lot of products like shampoos and soaps, toiletries like that. So he says they're all poison. He doesn't want his people having it. At least, you know, hopefully that's part of his reason is that he's looking out for people. I seriously doubt that he's doing it to hurt the U.S. Otherwise, he would just throw sanctions across the board as far as purchasing American products. Um, I shoot, I don't know why he wouldn't actually. The U.S. does it to other countries, and to me, that's just a form of economic terrorism. But these different things all cause, you know, different problems and symptoms in our bodies. Doctors right now are overwhelmed with young males that are coming in because they're unable to perform. Gee, imagine that. Um, there's a video out that talks about, I think the title is 100,000 Muslims or something like that. And it talked, this was back in 2008, it talks about the requirement for society to sustain itself. They have to have a fertility rate at 2.11 children per family. That is just to maintain it. Right, and that no society that drops to a 1.9 average rate ever moves forward or, or regains from that point, and that countries that definitely drop down uh, below that, they never come back. That society never rebounds again. And right now, as of 2008, and we're talking 11 years ago, so think what the numbers are now, but as of 2008, Europe was at about a 1.3 fertility rate, 1.3 average children per household. And the U.S. is at 1.6 children. Uh, you know, both Europe and the U.S. are far, far below those numbers, far, far below those numbers of being able to sustain themselves or to even keep the society expanding or growing. Um, Serious issues, serious things to think about. And I think a lot of those 
subjects and topics that I mentioned are things that have a direct um, influence on that society and the strength of that society. And that they all play a role in different ways. There was a friend of mine talking to me the other day, and he said, yeah, I, I see all this fear stuff on TV that they're all trying to kill us with injections and this and that. He said, you know, if they wanted to wipe everybody out, they could just fly over, you know, with a, a, a plane late, late at night, really low, and they could just dust everybody, and everybody would be done. Everybody would be over with it, be done and finished with. And I was like, yeah, but that's never their plan. That's never part of their concept is to do anything fast or overnight. We all know that. Everything they do, they do it slow. They do it over time because what they're doing is they're filtering out one system and slowly bringing in another system. And in the meantime, since it happens over a long period of time, nobody even realizes that it happens. And unless, for instance, they were to look way back and be like, ah, oh, I remember when, you know, 80 years ago, you know what I mean? But <clears throat> so they plan on things in very, very long terms. Uh, Derek, about 45 minutes ago, was talking about Toyota. And he was going and drawing up corporate plans for companies. And he was charging big money for it because he would draw up like a 25-year plan for a corporation. As to what they were going to do, how they were going to grow, different things like that. And since that's the kind of work he was doing, he thought it would be interesting to see what other uh, people were doing, what other countries were doing. And he looked at uh, Toyota, and he looked at their plan, their corporate plan. He said their corporate plan was 200 years into the future. He was only doing 25-year plans. But Toyota had a 200-year plan. And he said at the end of Toyota's 200-year plan, they weren't even making automobiles anymore. What they were doing was making equipment that um, manufactured parts for other equipment. And none of that equipment was even equipment that anybody even knows anything about today. It's stuff that is planned and set out so far in the future that people don't realize. You know, they think that when something new comes on, oh, they must have just figured this out. You know, you listen to a lot of these scientists, they'll tell you, you know what, anything you can imagine, they've already got it. It just hasn't been rolled out yet. The people need to realize that well, what's happening now and the things that are running now the people today, we're not up to speed with what's going on. Uh, the empire knows what's happening, but they're looking way off into the future. And what's happening here right now with us is inconsequential. It's very consequential to us, but to them, not so much. <laughs> so I think people just need to pay attention to that and, you know, keep your eye on what's really happening around you. You know, whether it's a court case that you've got or something like that, really look and look at all aspects of it to figure out the mechanics of really what's going on. Because I know there's a lot of things that have happened to me that I'll look back eight months or a year later and I'll look back at it. And since I'm looking at it with a different perspective, I'm like, holy crap, how did I not realize that? How did I not see that that's what was really happening? You know, and sometimes it's just too obvious to see. Oh, anyway, let me go back and unmute everybody. Uh, that way, if anybody had anything they want to discuss or bring up, feel free to do so. Just state your name and uh, 
Try not to step on each other. Normally that's not a problem. Alright, so everybody should be unmuted. Conversation mode on. Everyone can be heard. Unmuted. Alright. So, if anybody had anything that they wanted to touch on, feel free to do so. You know, and I, I think this idea of just keeping an eye on everything that's going on around you and really weighing it and looking to see, you know, who's really holding the benefit, who's really holding the liability, that really explains to us or gives us a better concept or idea of the concept of what's really happening and what's really going on and, you know, how we should be handling the situation. And this is all a part of, you know, like I always say, we need to realize who we really are, where we're really at, and where we're really from. Because we've had a level of deception on all those things. And it's ultimately up to us. It's our own responsibility to learn those things. Not just accept what's handed down to us. Not to just accept the scraps that fall off the master's table. Yeah, Michael Joseph yeah, here. Michael here. Um, I'd just like to say I'd that... I agree with what you what you just said, but I I would just take it take it to another level. Like when you talked about the young men who are unable to perform these days, that's really that's really it's really a mental really a problem. It's really happening first in the spirit, and their belief systems are being warped and changed into the image of somebody else's dream or somebody else's imagination, and as a result, as a result of uh, the what I'll, the, what I'll call the global subconscious global mind subconscious. being manipulated by puppet masters, men uh, uh, have lost have the ability lost to imagine and create the spirit. And that is a that will play out will into play the out. physical realm, physical as men will lose their will ability lose their to procreate. procreate. And I think part of coming to full liability is coming to the realization that I cannot point a finger at another man or another entity because the moment I blame somebody else, you know, I've given up my own liabilities. I've given up my own sovereignty over my own consciousness. I've vowed me. If you look look at the uh, the old ancient table Adam blamed Eve Eve blamed the serpent of course the serpent is Nakash which means wise one Uh, if you can hear me you have a really bad echo and I don't think very many of us are actually following or understanding your conversation you may wish to try to resolve that echo problem and try to resume maybe back in the conversation. But I just, I'm sorry, I had to interrupt because it was just up there. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on just a second. I don't hear an echo on my end, but let me try something. Let me see if I can go and mute myself because I had this happen with somebody else here a while ago and I think it might have helped. So let me see if I'm able to mute myself and if that helps take care of his echo thing. Go ahead. Okay. 
Okay. I'll, I'll do it again. I'll, I'll do it again. Do I still have the echo? I still have the echo. Yeah, hold on. I'm still trying to get myself muted here. Okay. Yes, you do still have yes, it. Is uh, is am I echoing? Am I echoing? No. Yes. Yes. If the host mutes himself, he won't be able to tell us with your head. So, how about now? Uh, is it still echoing? Actually, that seems to have resiled the echo. Okay, great. Whatever, well, the, whatever the host, excuse me. Yeah, whatever he did seems to have resolved it. So, sorry for interrupting. I didn't mean to break your uh, train of thought. No, but. man. Thanks. Thanks for doing it. You know, because uh, I was driving me nuts. Because I would, I was, I'd speak and then I'd hear myself. And I'm trying to keep my train of thought, but I'm hearing myself talk. It was really throwing me off. Oh, he's throwing okay. you off too. Okay. It was making me crazy, but yes, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> all right, I'm, great. Right, so, okay, so I guess I, we can talk. Yeah. So I, what I was trying to say is that you know, if you look at the old ancient tale in the scriptures, you know, Genesis one is all about creating in the spirit. Genesis two is manifesting in the into the physical, and Genesis three is about moving forward. Uh, from that point, and if you look carefully, you know he called their name Adam. Adam is the first, you know, uh, church state formed for no for noble purpose. Uh, you might even call it the most ancient uh, state or the most ancient church. Uh, there has never been a separation of church and state, and there never will be a separation of church and state. And the thing that's really interesting is as you look at things from a macro perspective of state and church, you can also go inside of your own psyche and look at the same things on, in a micro perspective in regard to how your sub subjective mind uh, works with your objective mind. And just as the church is feminine, the state would be masculine. And when you go back, as the um, the host was speaking before, and talking about working and things of that nature, when you go to Deuteronomy 32, you know, you start to get into the study of the scriptures on a much deeper level, and you realize that there are titles associated with the name of God, and, and, and these things are hidden to the uh, carnal mind. As the carnal mind reads the scriptures of the world in a very literalistic, um, novel type of reading, all of this is hidden. Um, like the 72 names of God found in Exodus, uh, 72 natures of God, rather, um, which are like virgins in regard to um, the carnal mind because people don't even know they exist, so they can't call on those natures if they don't know they exist. But back to the, to the ancient tale, Adam, in his totality, is the, is the state. And out of his body comes Eve, Eve would be the, uh, the the government. Or if you want to look at it like this, Eve, on another outworking, Eve is the soul or the intellect, and Adam is the body or the flesh. And so the intellect is, that's why the war is between the woman's seed and the serpent's seed. The serpent is the central nervous system in the body. So uh, 
it is the ideas that are in falsity which nip at the woman's heels. But eventually, she's going to produce children, ideals, thoughts, which are going to smash the serpent's head uh, as she continues to grow. Because we're talking about one body, one state. Uh, Hero Israel, the Lord your God is one. Not two, not a multiplicity, but one. Just as the church is made up of many individuals, but is one church. So when you look at it like this, you can look at your own mind and you can realize that Eve points the finger at the serpent. I was beguiled. And if you really study Genesis, you'll realize it's a sex act. But when you study the word beguiled, you'll realize it's a sex act. Then they couched it in sexual terms. Uh, again, you got to go to the Hebrew to find this, but um, they couched it in sexual terms so that you would go look. That you would go look. Yeah, yeah. I I, I just yeah. I, I want to comment on that. Yeah, no, you're right because you know you, you, if you look at the words of Eve, what what does Eve say? She says that I have received a son from my God or from my Lord. You know what I mean? And it's like, wait a minute. Yeah. She's not saying she got it from Adam. She she got it from God. And, you know, it's yep. right. one of the things I've always thought as far as the male and the female goes as well is also a couple other instances in Scripture. You know, one with the woman staying silent in church. And to me, it was like, you know, it, to me, that's almost really symbolic of the female brain staying silent and letting the male brain rule, you know, keeping the emotions down, not letting your emotions take control of you, you know. And yes. yes. When, yes. When they were out fishing, you know, and uh, Yeshua was on the shore, and they didn't know who he was, and he saw him, you know, and asked if they caught anything, and they said no. You know, he said, well, throw your net over on the right-hand side of the boat. You know, throw it over to the right brain, to the female brain. And they caught 164 fish. And I always thought, it's interesting, why would Scripture bring up that they caught 164 fish? Because if you get into, like, the Fibonacci code and things like that, you're going to find that that's an important number as well. So there's so many things that we see there. And to me, this is where that passage comes in where it says, those for eyes to see and ears to hear. Because what was happening then was a fight really against the state. The same fight that people are, are encountering today, basically a fight against Rome. And so things had to be written in such a way that the state wouldn't be able to pick up exactly what was being said. And it was laying out a method of the way out. Everybody's trying to find their remedy today and how to get out and stuff like that. Well, that's the same thing that was happening in the time of Yeshua, and that's what you were showing. But they couldn't show it really in that light. But people were fighting the same fight then that they're fighting today. And he was giving everybody an example of how you do it. And you're not going to see it if you don't have the eyes to see or ears to hear. I'll go and mute back out again so you can comment. Yeah, yeah, I'm very familiar with that uh, parable. I would, I'd go. I'm going to tie. I'm going to tie this back together neatly to that parable, since you brought it up. Uh, so, ultimately, as you go up Jacob's ladder, each rung of the ladder, you can look at the scriptures, and the symbols have different meanings depending on what what rung of the ladder you're on. So, if anybody ever tells you this is what scripture means. 
then you, the next thing out of your mouth should be frame it in what you know are you in the earth what level of the heavens are you looking at because the scriptures are very clear that there are multiple levels of heaven uh, so you have to frame it properly um, before you start outworking the meanings so if you go to the heavens and you say okay like the host just said um, fishing out of the left side of the boat if you look at the Abraham's trip when he was heading south Bethel was on his right side and AI was on his left side well AI means a waste heap and Bethel is the house of God so um, as you can see if we fish out of our rational intellect well that's what's led us to multiple wars and but if we start to fish out of um, the spiritual side and we know the spiritual laws uh, Romans 714 um, the writer of Romans which I believe Paul wrote uh, for we know the law is spiritual so when we look at the law we have to go back and look at that and go hold on a minute um, thou shalt not commit adultery thou shalt not do no, do no murder well we know what that means in regard to the physical but he says the law is spiritual so what does it mean in regard to thoughts and ideas and uh, divine ideas juxtaposed against uh, carnal ideas um, <clears throat> as you can see if we go to Genesis 6 we see the the Ben-Ah-Helohim, or the sons of God, mixing with the daughters of men. And if you look carefully, it's not just the word men there uh, generally. It's Hahadam, which is the daughters of the man. So what you have here is daughters speak to desires, and sons speak to thoughts. So when you have Ben-Ah-Elohim, ben we're talking about divine ideas mixing with uh, desires of carnal man and what was born out of that is giants and these giants are what you might call religion and these giants are men of renown and they still rule they rule the entire world with an iron fist in control of the mind and you know religion means to rebind and government means to pilot the mind yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that rem that reminded me of uh, the parable with with a story or whatever it was of Jesus healing the blind man, and you know, it, according to the story, you know, he put spittle on the ground, made some mud, and he put matter in his eyes, and the the blind man said, you know, that all he could see was like great trees, big trees, and if you get into um, the actual text of it, it really talks about great men is what he was able to see. And so that's kind of that same line of thought that you were just saying, and that, that's what people today, it's like everybody's focus is on the great men, uh, these leaders, these rulers that are around you. And Jesus put, Yeshua put matter, he put an issue in his eyes. And all of a sudden, it's like the light bulb came on. It was very figurative. Or also it was like what we call today becoming awake. The guy became awake, and yeah, of, of course, uh, the Sadducees and the state would really frown on that. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. But okay, let's say this: that, um, like for instance, you could look at 
you can literally read the first the first verse of Genesis, if you really break apart the first verse of Genesis and break it down into its um, Hebrew letters and go letter by letter through the first verse, you don't have to read the rest of your Bible. The entire Bible is summed up in, in its entirety in the first verse. The entire story is there in the first verse. And anything else is just elaboration after that. You know, so you know, you look at Genesis and Revelation, you don't even have to read Revelation, although you don't have to read any other book past that. The first verse has everything. And the thing that's really neat to me is look, two two fundamental laws. We are made in the image of God. That that's all there is is spirit. And when you really give deep thought and consideration to first cause, you're gonna come back to spirit and that's it. And then the other aspect, which is what I call the two grand laws, or God is one. So when you you understand your your self, your outer ego, or your personality, in in one outworking that that self that we like I call Michael, that is that's my Eve nature. That's my own. It's it's that which uh, that's a, that autonomy that's been granted unto me because I desired it. Um, Genesis 2, and for this cause, uh, man shall leave his mother and father and shall cling to his wife, and those two shall become one. Well, we like to think about that as, you know, actually going and getting a bride and and marrying and then having children. But when you realize that fundamentally there's only one, there's only unity, it is only my misunderstandings which has caused separation. And so what we have here is um, I, I'm sealed either with the beliefs that I'm subject to another. And, and how can I tell if, if someone has got that seal? Well, test them, try them, and listen to what comes out of their mouth. Do they spit off the codes and the statutes and the the laws of trust and all this, that, and the other? Or do they, as Yeshua the Master did before, you know, the Roman court, did he argue codes or what have you? No. You, you can see he's sealed with the seal of God. And and so he, he knows how to create in the spirit. He's already... Uh, arisen to that state and spirit where no man takes his life. He's already gone into transfiguration. So no one could take his life. That which he gave down, he gave down freely, laid down freely. So my point of that is that what manifests out in our out, outer conscience is, is happening as it is perceived through the lens of our subconscious because the glass that we see through darkly is our subconscious mind as we're filtering all of the reality that we perceive through that, which has to be filtered through our belief system, which is then uh, manifest into our outer conscience. And, and the beauty of that is, is our objective mind kind of stands as this guardian, as this trustee, which holds the woman. So the objective mind is male and the subjective mind is female. It's kind of like she will receive whatever seed that you put in her, 
whatever suggestion you give to her, she'll receive it freely. She doesn't discriminate against, you know, what type of seed. Like the earth, you can put whatever seed you want to put into the earth, and it'll bring up a weed or it'll bring up a nice plant or a nice fruit tree. But our minds are the same way, which is why we have to ha- we need to stand guardian and we need to quit pointing the finger at other people. And if you look carefully at the heads of state, the people that are at the heads of the state, they understand the principles of the psyche. And they're always setting the narrative for you. They're always um, – because they've, they've got you believing that you're part of what's called America. And so the heads are setting and giving you the seed, which is what the narrative of the suggestions of what America is and what direction America is going. And so if, if your objective mind is fast asleep – well, then you'll just receive that. Maybe it angers you or maybe it whatever, but if it stirs in you. Well, you, you end up in that exact situation. You. You, exact, you end up in that exact situation with a divided mind or with right. a, the divide, that divided house that Lincoln spoke of. You know, that, that's exactly, exactly what was being brought out, and people don't realize that, you know, is getting the, the two sides to um, cooperate with each other and seeing through that single eye that even scripture talks about that's what it's all about a focus a single fo- that's exactly you're exactly right uh sir yes in fact the, the the beauty of it is is that if if your own personal objective mind is fast asleep and you're listening to a seducing political spirit now you can go back to the garden and look at it again you you're the woman Okay, that's why St. Paul wrote, I wish to, pre- to present you to Christ as a chaste virgin, as a pure maiden. He's got you in the analogy as a woman, and you're being seduced by two spirits. One is a political spirit, and the other is the spirit of God. So, so the question is, is which one, which spirit, which husband will you um, bow your knee to? Well... That goes back to that old ancient story about the two wolves, which one wins, the one you feed. So so if we buy into this mental food in which a political seducing spirit is feeding us, then that will solidify and, and make foundation in us a belief set in which we will react out of and unto. Whereas, okay, let's go to Revelation now because... We talk about Genesis, go to Revelation. So Revelation well, chapter nine. Hold on just a second. Before you step into that, I want to back up just a little bit and what you what you're touching on there and add to it a little bit is that with this uh, divided house and you know only seeing through one side, you know, it, you hear about you know fornication and I think a lot of people and you said so much is laid out like in sexual terms as far as the bride goes and bringing forth the chaste bride. And I think a lot of people have kind of been deceived as far as, you know, uh, plus like what I was talking about earlier, deception as to what things are really all about and the word fornication being used. And a lot of people think, oh, adultery is cheating on your wife and fornication is having sex before you're married. The real definition of fornication is the giving over of the body. And what I see today 
is that people are committing fornication on a daily basis because they've given over the body and they're operating in a totally different capacity than what the creator set them up here for. Uh, they're, they're operating with another mask on. Uh, like I said, with the play of Shakespeare, you know, I've given you one face and you put on another. And so that's what people yeah. are doing. They're fornicating constantly. So, yeah, go on with your thing on Revelation. Yeah, yeah. So in yeah, Revelation, yeah. there's there's an analogy given about a, um, you can go down and you can, um, it, it's speaking to the so-called locust army, okay? And people are literally looking for this massive force to come on the face of the earth and just destroy everything. And, oh, God, if they understood that this is a, a tale about their, their internal psyche and that these thoughts, these carnal thoughts are going to all have to be put to death if you're going to move into a spiritual field, but nevertheless, uh, let's put it in the mask in, in the in the literal to talk about the analogy so we can understand. So he said that they they said they could go forth and sting all those who didn't have the seal of God in their forehead, as a scorpion uh, stings its prey. Well, a scorpion doesn't have a stomach, so it poisons with it, it stings its prey, and basically comes back later and puts in his little. Uh, proboscis his straw and then sucks out his meal like a milkshake uh, slowly and if you look at that analogy once a human being is stung like a scorpion he becomes spineless he 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 no longer he's no longer sitting in the seat of a creator he doesn't know how to use the the spiritual laws to create his reality and so therefore he's completely subject to the narrative and the realities in which he's been fed on a regular basis through different media um, outlets. So when you think about your mind, is subjective and and um, objective mind, the superconscious mind, um, you can think about the two sons, if you will, because that's the same thing, the prodigal son and the elder son. But notice the elder son, it said of him that he was always with God. And and the father says, all that I have is yours. Just just ask. But see, the elder son, he doesn't know how to imagine. His imagination has been stripped from him. He's been told, don't daydream in school. When that's his power, his power is in is in his ability to imagine and his in his ability to create in the spirit, it, 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 uh, coupled with faith and belief. It's all been taken from him as some sort of magical thing, you know, that he doesn't have any doesn't have any clue of how to create in the spirit. Well, the keys of how to create in the spirit are laid out in Scripture for those that'll go 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 looking for them through the imagination. It's interesting that the the ones who came to see Christ, uh, the the child, were the Magi, the I Magi nation, and it's it's really it's kind of a really cool thing when you see this and you place yourself in the center of the story and you realize that you're playing all the characters all the characters are playing out in your consciousness and then you you're able to figure out what character is what part of your consciousness in the narrative then you're the woman at the well if you knew who you were talking to you would have or living wells of water would spring up in you because you'd realize that the scripture is your biography and that your purpose is to come and fulfill the volume of the book 
and then you would realize that those who they were commanded don't do not touch those who are sealed with the, the knowledge of God in their forehead. They can't. And this is the why what uh, Yehoshua said to to the lawyers was so powerful when he's when they tried to trick him in words. He said, "Give unto God, give unto Caesar what Caesar's, give unto God what's God." So, if you go look at the story of uh, Peter, who is the faith principle, walking with the Christ Jesus, Jesus the Christ principle, and the taxpayer who who represents the the carnal side of uh, the state of Rome, he comes along and says, "Do you pay tax?" And Peter, being tricked, the faith principle, good faith and credit, says yes. Well, the Christ principle teaches him how to go into the admiralty and pull up the first fish. Teaches him how to fish. Okay? But he's not fishing out of his intellect anymore. He's not fishing out of his rational intellect. He's fishing out of the spirit. He's creating in spirit. And to the creation in spirit is the power of God, which is the Christ principle, the Christ consciousness, which is birthed in man. All right? So uh, he's what it's saying is, is he's no longer bound. He's unbound. He's set at the freest, the law, he now understands the law of liberty. So whereas he walks in Caesar's realm, he's not bound by Caesar. Caesar says he owes tax, fine. He'll pay it. Okay, but he knows how to create in the spirit. So I said it just unbinds him. It's the Old Testament story. Who shall... Stand before the rubber bell. The rubber bell is a Hebrew word that means born in confusion, but he comes out of confusion. The seed of confusion is what he means, and he comes out of the confused state of thinking that he is bound to the um, to the mental principles which form the state. And the state is the state's a spiritual thing. The state's uh, there's a law is not a physical thing. A law acts on physical things. So. Property is not physical. Property is who has the highest right to use the thing. Well, so you know when you, when you think about law, you got to think about well, who's the lawgiver. And the question is, how are you sealed? Okay, and it comes back to not how are you. I don't want to project into the listening audience, but how am I sealed? Because I don't want the principle of projection and reflection to work here. I'm going to put it in my own, on me, and say, if I am sealed in with the belief system of worldly principles, then I'm I'm eating at a spiritual diet which is worldly. I'm reading. I may be reading the scriptures, but I've created a golden calf. And I'm I'm going to church and I'm doing all these things and I say, and I pray in the name of Jesus or whatever Yeshua, whatever name Yahweh, whatever. But if I don't know the nature or the way, uh, what I will call the way of being, my prayers are empty, my deeds are useless, and so so-called Christianity. It's a way of life. It's not, you know, do I believe some dude lived 2,000 years ago and did all this stuff. It's a way of life. And so that seal is a seal upon my mind. What St. Paul write? Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
and so it really fundamentally comes down to a single principle it the masculine here i'm going to lead back to the masculine and feminine again right now faith is at the head faith is of the moon because faith reflects the light of the sun the moon reflects the light of the sun the sun should be at the head the sun should be at the head because the sun gives the light and the light is love so love should be the man and faith the woman and faith should submit to love but what we have here today is love it, it, uh, the woman has had to put on the pants of a man and everything is backwards right now but all of this all of this goes back to you back to you that, no sorry Hello? i just unmuted myself no, I just unmuted myself. No, I, I was going to add into that. You're talking about the man and the woman. That, something that struck me a while ago was looking at the faiths of the East and the faiths of the West. And you, you look at, in the East, it is following the moon. I mean, even look at their flags. Look at the flags for Islam, whatever. Uh, look at the Vatican and the Catholic Church following Mary. And then over here... In the West, everybody follows the male aspect. They follow, they worship the sun. You know what I'm saying? So it's like they're both operating in divided minds. I, I would absolutely agree. And I would say one other thing to that is that what's happening here is you're seeing an outworking of a split mind, which has it's played its way out upon the face. In other words, there is a global subconscious mind, and there is a global objective mind or conscious mind. And the sun and the moon are just symbols. It's like when you see these symbols written into the to the churches. And I used to be there. God, I mean, I've studied mystery Babylon for for years. I've been at this for twenty twenty plus years now, and um. And I used to get all wrapped around, oh, that's that's sun worship. No, it, it's like the priest understood that these were symbols and understood the meaning of the symbols. But what's unfortunate is, is that the knowledge didn't get passed down to the uh, to the uh, the parishioners, the laity, and and so people started worshiping the symbol not knowing what the symbol stood for. And, you know, I mean, go Malachi chapter 4, verse 2. Then shall the sun, the S-U-N, of righteousness arise upon you with healing in his wings. Well, go look again. It should be healing in her wings if you understand the Hebrew and the masculine and feminine um, noun usage. And why her? Because the son of righteousness in, in Malachi 4, 2 is referring to the comforter the Holy Spirit, the, the Ruach HaKadosh, and, uh, the rock in which uh, Yahushua said, I, on this rock shall I build my church. It certainly is not Peter. The word there is not masculine. That word rock is feminine. So we're, we're talking about the Holy Spirit and intuition and, and the creative side of the Spirit. That's where the church is built. But if we try to build it out of the our left side or our rational intellect side um, which I will say on Moses because Moses represents the law or the or the cause of the law and Elijah represents the effect of the law but these two can't get you there 
neither one of these can get you there. It is the actual Christ consciousness and the understanding of how to create in the law which gets you there because when you when you when you understand that then you're completely unbound you're set free you have the law of liberty which is why when the the title of god in worship in true worship is Eloah El being Hebrew the masculine side and Ah Elah being Hebrew the feminine side and the two together Eloah is the form of worship you can get that in Deuteronomy uh, 32 I think around verse 17 or so but it you need both you can't come up just in the masculine we we've had patriarchal systems now for a long time you can't come up just in the feminine you need both there has to be a balance and that's the center path you look at Nehemiah when they when they come up on the wall and they're making their trips they come up and half the troop turns left and half the troop goes right but they both end up at the Mifkod gate the 11th gate or the de- the gate of inspection doesn't matter if you take the left-hand path or the right-hand path you you, you both paths have to present themselves at the gate of inspection and the gates of course the 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 city is laid out all the gates represent different aspects of your mind of your consciousness and uh, uh it's just beautiful when you see it lay out but i mean well, i guess what i'm getting to is that you know back to the to the ancient story and sort of bringing it full circle when you when you look at <clears throat> at first it's like well the woman the subconscious mind says i was completely beguiled or if you look at the woman being your in, your intellect or your rational self, see how depending on how you look at it, the symbols will will flip their their polarity, okay? And in in the male being the body, okay? If the woman's the intellect and the the then Adam is the body, okay? But if the woman is the subconscious mind, then the um, then the Adam is the uh, conscious mind. Or the woman could be the emotion, and Adam is the mind. It just depends on how how you where you're framing it. But okay, he called their name Adam. So we're looking at the body of one being, not two, but one. And and so all of a sudden we see these are different aspects of the one being who says, yeah, but okay. As soon as the woman points the finger at a third party. And the woman loses her her standing. Well, what did Adam do? It's the woman that you gave me. All right. Well, he loses his standing. So now, who has standing? Well, the serpent has standing. Well, okay. Let's let's, let's put it in very carnal terms. Eve comes to Adam and says, "I really want this new house and that fancy car." And he says, well, "Anything you want, baby." And she says, "All we got to go do is talk to this banker down here and sign the papers." He says. We can get it for no money down and easily, easily, you know, easy monthly payments. So they they both go together and sign the papers, and ah, hell, something happened to Adam, and they can't make the payments, and so the third party, the banker, forecloses, and out of the garden they go. Could have been a paradise turned into a hell. Well, people are looking. They've been they've bought and they have bought and been sold this idea 
that if they pay their tithes and put in their time, that you know, when they shed this earthly shell, that then they'll go to heaven. When this place that we're at right now, it's what you make it. If you understand the spiritual laws, this this place could be beautiful. It it is heaven, but you can make it into hell. So you're you're sitting in the seat of the of the Creator. You're a co-creator in God. And that's why if you look at all the great claims of the world which have established new states of being, um, it's always under providence. Always done under providence or in providence. And so what did uh, they say, Gamaliel say, said to the men, you know, when they were like, you know, let's kill them. And Gamaliel says, I don't know, maybe we better give this some time because if this is from God, you know, man can't fight against it. So, you know, what happens when God comes back in the garden and he, he's like, you know, I want an accounting here. What's going on? And he first comes to the serpent. He's like, what's going on here? In other words, these two have given up their standing. He, he comes to the serpent who now has standing. And then who does he go to? He goes to the woman. And then lastly, to the man. Because the man was the first to say it was the woman that thou gave. And so the man has given up all of his standing. Well, if you're looking at this story outside of you and pointing the finger at everybody else and, and thinking that, poor me, I'm a victim, and you know I've been abused and this, that, and the other, well, you'll be the last one to be talked to, okay? But when you... Take the bull by the horn, so to speak, literally and figuratively. Uh, then you say, I'm in full liability, period. Okay? And I have allowed these things to happen to me in my ignorance and, and sometimes with full knowledge. And I, Or I continue to allow these things to happen even though – like some some may come to to know the spiritual laws and come to uh, experience them in in their reality uh, with power and still choose to um, abide in a carnal state and that's that's Hebrews chapter six start, starting around verse four those who do so it is said of them they 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 put to shame the Son of God again because coming to understand what the scriptures are really saying, what they have the keys, they understand it in regard to their psyche, and they understand how to create now in God, and yet they still choose to control other men and dominate other men instead of uh, praying for other men in love such that you know the kingdom of God can blossom here on the earth in love. They continue to use that power to control other men. All right, so even depending on where you are in your maturity, you always have choice. And this is where you you always will see the symbol of the black and white floor, the checkerboard floor. Most people think that that's the beginning of the, of the walk, but not so. Uh, what does this say? The Gentiles trample the outer court for 40 in two months, four and two six. We're talking about carnality. And those who may go to church and they may sit in the pew for 20, 30 years and never come to understand that the book and all of its characters 
are about them individually. And because that's how they trample it. They they think that there's going to be some massive war and that all this stuff, and, and they don't realize that the war is between their two ears. And yeah. the slaughtering. The slaughtering. Yeah. yeah, that's one of the things that yeah. I, I kind of sit back and laugh about is that the people that sit in church and they've absorbed the same stuff for, I mean, how many years now uh, has uh, yeah. today's Christian church been going on? But uh, what growth are you seeing? You're not seeing any growth. And what did, you know, Yeshua supposedly say? He said, you know, things I have done, you will do these things and greater. Well, I'm sorry. I don't even see anybody doing those things, let alone the greater things. You guys are, everybody just sits in there and they absorb all that stuff as if it is, number one, completely factual, and that it means exactly what it says, without realizing that there's a message in there that they have to pull out of it. Uh, my father, uh, when he passed away, uh, my mom gave me his Bible, and uh, he had a nice Thompson Chain Bible. They're a pretty decent Bible. They have lots of references along the edges and stuff. Anyway, on the very first page of that, he wrote one statement. He wrote in there, there is power in the search. And that's very mm. powerful because when you go look, you might go looking for one thing and start researching one thing and might learn 10 or 15 other things because of it. And that's what people need Amen. to be doing. They need to be searching. I mean, it's the, the glory of the king to hide a man and a glory of a man to search it out. That's what it's supposed to be about. We're supposed to be searching. We're supposed to be learning. Uh, we're supposed to be seeking his face. We're supposed to be seeking his attributes. And how come I don't understand all these years that people are still sitting there doing the same thing, absorb, absorbing the same message that people were 100 years ago, 150 years ago, sitting in the pews? That just confuses the heck out of me. I, I agree with that. Um, um, I used to get kind of upset about that, and there's certainly... I've gone through different stages because I used to be pretty pretty vocal out there. I was on these calls it was seven days a week for um, two hours every night. And I used to give free seminars over here in Raleigh, five six hours long, you know. And um, and then I got real frustrated because I was doing all this work trying to share this information, and it's like who's listening, you know? And then um, I met a lady who told me one day, she's like you're talking on a level that you perceive to be dumbed down, like very dumbed down so that people can hear. She says, but in reality, you're talking so high above most people's heads that they don't even know where to begin. And you get people will come at you and they'll say, well, can you recommend some books or, you know, what can I, some, some resources. And I used to always say that Holy Bible that's got dust on it. That's the greatest book you'll ever read. However, let me say it like this. Until it is granted unto you to have your ears and eyes opened, um, I have now I've got thousands and thousands of free hours. I, I'm still teaching charity at websites. And, um, and I have found that until people are um, like they've They've been um, given the the zeal 
to search. Like, like, man, I can't tell you how many times. Like, I, I got into studying the scriptures because I wanted to know where the Constitution came from, and and clearly the fifty-five were mystics, um, and uh, I mean, came right out of the Book of Leviticus. But Leviticus is written to the lawyer; it's not written to the layman. Deuteronomy is the layman, and even Deuteronomy is written in code. Hell, the whole Bible is written in code, and so. Until you have those, that desire, that zeal to go searching, to go into Black's Law or Bouvier's Law and go go read these treatises on trust and, and just, you know, you, you want to know so bad that you're willing to, to put in 10, 15,000 hours, man. I mean, you just, you want to know. Um, well, you're going to find it. I mean, you're promised to find it. The Scripture says... Seek, you know, ask, seek, knock, and you will find. That's a double ask. So that's a promise. So I rely, stand on those promises and and say, well, well, no, you made a promise to me. I have a promise in equity that I will find, so I stand on that. Well, you mentioned something there, though. and You mentioned something there, though, and people miss that first part, and that is ask. Because... Yeah. After I started doing a lot of researching and all of a sudden things, because I, I went to a church school my whole life, never went to public school. And so I knew yeah. the Bible pretty much inside and out and didn't really get it. And when I started researching the legal aspects of this world, I was like, oh, my gosh, now I understand what this meant. Now this makes sense to me. And I can see the correlations between them. And it was yeah. then when. I went to that first statement that you made, which is ask. And I started asking. And, you know, and you would probably attest to this, too. Because when you ask, I mean, be careful what you ask for. <laughs> be careful what you ask That's for right. because right. you'll be shown and things may happen that you don't necessarily enjoy. Uh, yeah, I, I will tell you that uh, I wanted to learn how... Um, they were getting uh, such mind control over certain people. And uh, a book showed up in my inbox one day uh, on one of my free websites, and it was called The Right of Sodomy. And, oh, my God, dude. I mean, it's like I couldn't believe that there are people that are this evil and, and that would do such evil things. And and they call it the, the, the key of David. And what they're saying is, is that if they, they apply this, you know, sodomite act to a very young child. They can program. They can. It's kind of like, you know, the story, uh, the fairy tale of the princess in the high tower, and she's guarded by a dragon. Well, this is the whole meaning of the rite of sodomy. That if they can sodomize a child at such a young age, then they can place a dragon in her mind, and it says she's the the she, the subconscious mind, is locked into a high tower can't get out forever locked in there and it's it's really gross when you begin to see how um, techniques are being foisted upon a an ignorant mass the mass is completely ignorant of these psychological the psychological warfare which is happening to a much greater degree right now through uh, HDTV movies but yeah and you're well you're getting into the chakras you're getting into the chakras, and when the lower chakra is traumatized, that high tower, the mind, mind becomes locked. 
She's locked in there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, exactly right. Um, I'm I'm talking about the chakras, the the chakras, the seven seals on the back side of the book. That's, uh, again, back to Revelation. Um, But we are constituted as a universe. We are an image of God. Okay. Is that you? That's not me. I think that's somebody. Oh. Oh. Sorry, mute me out. Sorry, mute me out. Presentation mode on. Only moderators can be heard. All right, Michael, where were you at here? Trying to find you on the board. Sorry about that. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Oh, I see David's here with us. Michael, I'm not seeing you. Well, let me try this. Oh. Uh, Michael, I only have Michael's in view only mode. I don't have. Let's see, Michael Joseph. You know, I'll throw something in chat. We'll identify you. Unless you just called in and you're a guest. If you're a guest, just let me know what guest you are. Okay, you are G6, guest 6. Okay, guess six. Or to you again, Michael. All right, it started, but it says your vo- your view only. Doesn't give me a mic option for you. <clears throat> I'm gonna unmute everybody. mode on everyone can be heard which, mean, unmuted. which means david williams okay. you're unmuted too okay yeah so i mean one thing that yeah I, one thing that uh, uh, now now we kind of broke yeah, down the, the male and the, and the female the, uh, hold on hold on a second <laughs> he evidently doesn't know how to mute himself so yeah. I gotta find where he's at. Okay, there we go. Okay, so like okay, when you so like, when you go back and you you, you read the uh, read the Constitution and the Constitution Declaration, right? Declaration, right? You know where it says you know all men says, are created equal, endowed by the Creator with unalienable rights or inalienable, whatever. Um, there. You'll notice the capital noun, the, the word, you know, men. It's capitalized. And not talking about mankind. They're not talking about all males and females are created equally. Uh, um, in a sense, they are. But but I'd like you to take it and look at it from a different perspective. When you declare, go back to Genesis one, and God said, 
let there be light. Okay, that's a declaration. Okay, and God saw the light. Now you have consciousness operating upon the declaration. Okay, and God named it and, and said it was good and called the light day. Okay, I mean, we understand the light to be wisdom and day, and, and, and the nightness is ignorance, night, ignorance. But nevertheless, you have a declaration of trust happening right there, right? And so all men are created equally, endowed by the creators. Look at the word man there and, and, and say, okay, this is how the state is formed. The state is a grand man. And the settlers of the state are the creators. Well, who endows the state with inalienable rights, unalienable rights, non-transferable rights? The creators do. Okay? So what they're showing you there in that declaration, they're, they're showing you how to create in spirit because the state is a spiritual realm. Okay? And the state is a close it's a close. How about the, uh, you know, it, it, there has to be a survey which bounds it because it's, it, it's a closed law boundary, right? In other words, unalienable, so can't be transferred, right? So you know, they talk about, you know, well, these 55 or 56 or whoever, whatever, that they own slaves. Well, no duh, because they're not talking about, uh, they're not talking about, um, Man, as in mankind, they're talking about. Hey, Michael, uh, you mind if I bring in uh, David on this topic? Sure, I'd love to. Sure, I'd love I'd to love, uh, have a conversation that. with Dave. Okay. Uh, let me see if I can find him here. Uh, David, you're unmuted. Hey. Oh, I'm trying to eat. Hello, I'm trying to eat dinner. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, hold on one second. No problem. Just stepping away from the background. I'll go, I'll go set out. I'll go set outside for a second. All right. Oh man. Why am I gonna echo? Back late. Uh, it's because of me. Just hold on a second. You're good to go now. Oh, the whole thing about um, men being created equal, this was a joke among the elite, among the powers of the earth, among the kings, because men aren't created equal. That's just the way it is. Well, but hold on a minute, Dave. We're not talking about, we're not talking about men as in flesh. We're talking about states as in uh, like, would you, okay, let's just say it like this. Let me just propose, propound this, that, you know, once a declaration comes forth, uh, it's it's qualified upon, you know, uh, um, what you have the power to declare, right? But what you're creating here enters into international law as a brother in international law at the, at the table of states, uh, the, the creation yeah. process is, is founded upon a declaration of trust. So all men are created equal from the con, from the context that it, it requires a man, a mind, to declare declare the thing into existence and to endow it 
with the rights and privileges that they're declaring. I mean, so from that perspective, the the state being a man, it's all it's, they're all created the same way. I, I don't disagree with that. I mean, and and the, the USA was the first time every, any uh, society or nation state had ever been created by declaratory act. Up until then, people just gathered together by act of association, whether it was, I don't know, Indian tribes sitting around smoking a peace pipe in a teepee, whatever, or a lodge. Uh, or okay, but it, but it is for us. People, yeah, gathering out, people gathering outside the city gates and all that kind of stuff. But the declaration itself does not actually establish anything. It's only an intent to establish something. Right. You, every in act, other words, I mean, the act's going to require a witness to what? Correct. Well, I mean, you've got the implied trust of the people, which are going to bring it into, in other words, the the, the suggestion of the state is implanted into the uh, into the subjective mind of the people, and the people, as at playing the feminine role, birth the state through their through their implied trust. But then now which, you have which people? Which people were you talking about? We're, well, clearly, I'm talking in, about in I mean, United British, States, British, 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 British. The, 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 like the Declaration only replies, only refers to the 56 men because they said we pledge to each other. Yes, we're I not agree. pledging the rest I, I of agree. you. It is 80 percent of you. 80 percent of you people were loyalists trying to get the bounty on our heads. Yeah, yeah, and that the, we're not the pledging for you. That, uh, yeah, I understand. I understand exactly that. That um, I'm talking about the the ones who right. formed the state, not not the ones who who came to take shade from right. it later. I'm talking about formed it right so but <laughs> but but nevertheless they had to uh they had to declare their intentions but then um of course they captured the minds of all the people through through warfare and it does seem to be the the um the methodology to create the state i mean if you look at history it seems like the wars have been well, used to you know What's and what's interesting about that now is because of because when they changed the the narrative to self um, from exile, self determination, self determination is actually now found under peaceful settlement of dispute. Now that was also right. in the that was also in the um, the law of nations because it said you know back then it said um, that if you don't want to remain in that society that seems to have dissolved itself then you can sell your lands and take with you all your effect. Well, that's really the interesting thing right now. I mean, I mean, clearly, if you go back to your your Old Testament of Rehoboam and Jeroboam, that's that's the law of exile or self-determination being played out there. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I lost but, it. Are you there? I just, I'm sorry. Are you there? I lost Internet for a second because somebody was calling me, and I'm on a, I'm on a hot spot on my cell phone because I'm at Chili's eating dinner right now. I understand. I was going to say that you know, if you go back to the to the to your Old Testament and go back to Jeroboam and Rehoboam, that's that that's they're literally laying out how to, how to exile peacefully from a from a kingdom and create your own thing, just to uh -huh. to do it without war. Uh, so yeah. clearly, that is you know, when I look at you know the story of Noah and his ark, I'm looking at. Um, self-determination as the ark being the consciousness of one man and going and and forging his his new land upon the high waters and and if i'm looking at the central banking overlay system which is pretty much you know swamped the entire world 
all right um you've got this really weird thing going on where you can you can go ahead and bring on your political state if you'd like, but trying to find a landed estate these days is going to be pretty damn hard, you know, because you've got so many claims right now that are... Uh, yeah, that, I know, but I mean, here's the thing it. about that. If, here's the thing about that. If you look at the Law of Nations and look at the treaties that have been signed uh, for human rights in, uh, under, in the um, uh, Offices of Humanity in Book 2, Section 20, actually says that finally the civilized nations of the world realize that all men are brethren. When is that happy time going to come yeah. that they start behaving as such? And I'm like, well, that's a freaking good question, Vitale. I'd like to know when they're going to start doing it myself. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, it, and, it, it goes uh, and back then to, the, to that fundamental. I mean, there is a there is a fundamental, if you just use your own intellect and you, you just look at primary causes and then look at effects, if you if you trace back, okay, where did the atom come from? Where did this come from? Where did that come from? then you're going to come to a, a first cause. And, and once you come to that first cause, then you have to look at effects after that. And, and of course, you know, all men are brethren. It's just that, you know, in our, in our, uh, yeah. carnality, some of them, if you will, some of them refuse, yeah. some, some of, we just know that some of them refuse to acknowledge this because you and I, I can already tell, I just got on the call. You and I would both agree that, our creator didn't say, hey, you guys go down there, kill each other, and screw up my planet while you're at it, would you? Yeah, right. Well, because that flame that's in you is the same flame in me. And so if I do you harm, right. I also do God harm. Because that's the spark. That's that's the thing that the great secret, that the, that, that the same I am in you and me, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the whole thing well, about, about X, you know. Uh, well, the I am okay, goes so back to what I, I heard you. I heard you mention something about uh, chakras a while ago. Yeah. Because if you if you look at if you look at the world of alchemy, you realize that the I am is actually the I om when they used to sit around in om. That, that's yep. that's like the background yep. hum of the universe you hear in your inner ear, right? Right. And of course, the set all the religions are based on the pineal gland. And the seven chakras, which is like when you got the menorah, the seven golden candlesticks, the seven virgins, the seven oil lamps, the seven locks on Samson's head. Um, right. This is where um, when when the, the seventh chakra is, that's when the that's the big death. That's when the ego collapses, the pineal opens up, and you, quote, see the creator. You see Elohim or whatever. Um, every single religion is based on that. All of them. I don't care which one yes. it is. Uh, they have the seven. They have the seven heavens mentioned in in the Quran. Um, but yes. what you were mentioning a while ago about you know this this creation of the central banks, it doesn't matter what anyone has to say about it. That's been done by agreement. It did not happen without agreement. Absolutely. So they're just upholding contracts, and those that are taking right. shade from the tree are subject to that contract. Right. Exactly. So, you know, and this so and, and, and this goes this goes back. He, this goes back. You mentioned the flood. You mentioned Noah, right? Yeah. It, it, it's real simple. Hey, see, morons, you idiots, the Israel, whoever you people are, you see what you've done here? You destroyed yourself. You destroyed yourself. The universe is not unjust. It's an energy field. You plant corn in the field, you get corn. You plant war, you get war. 
It's real simple, that's, right? That's what I was talking about uh, early on. Is that the the, sub, the the global subjective mind is like is like a field, it's like an earth, and and it doesn't care mm-hmm. what kind of seed you put into it. If you if you eat at mental at a mental diet which is unfit to eat, then you're going to bring forth you know thorns and 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 that I think that those that want to control you know someone else and dominate someone else, they're going to give you a diet that is is poor. You know, uh, but then again, can I point the finger at them for eating at such a poor diet, or do, must I point the finger at myself and go, okay, now you know, what are you going to do about it, right? And and so I, I thank you for the friction up to this point, which has led me to my awareness. But I'm no longer going to point the finger at anybody else but myself, you know. I told I did my first website when I did Matrix Solutions back in 2010, and I used to get so much email complaining all the time about the system and finally in june of 2011 somebody had written me an email and they wanted my opinion about an article they had written in the 1800s about rockefeller and i said well i can tell you about the article it's written by a guy who thinks he's sovereign and he thinks that you know they are evil and they don't you know he doesn't he doesn't deserve what's happening to him and uh and he wrote me back and he said you can't tell me you agree with what they're doing blah 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 and i got mad I said, excuse me, you asked me what I thought about the article and the guy that wrote it. You didn't ask me any other question. You didn't ask me my opinion. I said, I think he, I said, he believes that someone else is evil. He ain't looking at himself because I'll tell you right now, there's not a single man that ever lived on this planet who thought himself evil. Right. That's just projection and reflection. That, that's the mirror right. of the mind turning back on himself. That's right. Right. And so I, to- <laughs> I actually told him. I actually told him. I said, I said, and I just said, listen, I said, I answered your question exactly the way you answered it. And you have now are back into complaining mode. And I said, the complaint department for my website just moved to DC. You got a problem. You talk to uncle Sam because I'm done. And I put it out to everybody. My email almost went to like zero. Because the problem with all of this, and Brian, you know this, ignorance can only breed two things. You either go back to sleep and watch American Idol or do whatever you're doing and just keep your mouth shut, or you whine, gripe, and complain. And the reason you have to whine, gripe, and complain is because when you're in that mode, you cannot create a solution. That is correct. It takes it takes an active uh, effort to create. You have to and you have to be in full liability to create. Right. I I think so, that uh, in the the great book of Hebrews it says for this cause Jesus became a, a a better surety of the New Testament. Well, you know. So what that tells me is that they're bringing on a new state, and you, and you have your surety. That's why they said that we're doing it on our own estates and our own fortunes and our own sacred honor, but honor above all. I mean, honor is the, honor's the key. Without the honor, there can't, there can't be the state. Yeah. Hey, guys, you don't have to mute me again. i got to pay my bill. Hey, Brian, All right, David. 
that's right, David. I think we're going to call it tonight. Probably we've been on about an hour and 45 minutes now. So, all right. Hey, thanks for coming in. We're starting to get some hey, other people. Uh, thanks. Catch you later, brother. Okay. Okay. Hey. Thanks, Douglas Joseph. Thanks for showing up. Good to hear from you. Uh, it's been a while since Michael I've heard Michael you Joseph talk. Here. Yep. Michael Joseph. Yeah, yeah, yeah thanks. Uh, thank you. I, I, um, I, I just, I literally found your site. I looked at live calls and thought, hey, I'll check this out. <laughs> yeah, it was fortuitous. Yeah, well, I've got uh, Tactical Sovereignty on Facebook is really what it's based out of. But, um, yeah, I've, I've listened to you in the past on other, I think, talk shoes and stuff like that. So, yeah, pleasure having you here. And, oh, yeah, uh, thank you. Absolutely. Well, everybody, until next Sunday, 9 o'clock Eastern, uh, like I tell everybody, you know, people want to know where to start. And Michael Joseph mentioned, you know, somebody asking about a book. I've had people ask me that, too. Well, what, what book should I read? Well, there's no rule. I mean, unless you have those eyes to see and ears to hear, as far as Scripture says, yeah, you can read the Bible. But as far as books today goes, you're not going to find one or two books that's going to lay this out for you. You still have to have the eyes to see and ears to hear and tie these pieces together to really comprehend what's going on because the game plan isn't all going to be put out on one map. It's going to be scattered in a few right. places, and you, you have to connect the dots or join the dots, as our brothers across the seas say. So, Anyway, thanks, guys. Yeah. And yeah. Absolutely. Michael, thanks. And uh, thanks, David. And uh, we'll catch everybody next week. Good night. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.